the editor-in-chief of the Cornell Review, a correspondent for Campus Reform, a young scholar at Cornell University. He hosted a talk show that broadcast to 20 million people. He's a best-selling author, and he's just getting started. The one, the only, Joe Silverstein. All right, everyone, welcome to this episode of the Joe Silverstein podcast. And today I have a special guest with me. It's my former debate coach and teacher, Mr. John Kakuza. Kakuza, how are you doing today? Very good, Joe. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Always. So first, I want to shout out before we get into debating and, and having a really heated and not necessarily heated, but certainly impassioned discussion, as we often do. I want to shout out your charity, the Jamie Lilac Foundation. Um, so just in a, in a brief minute or two, if you want to tell everyone, tell the listeners about that, about I know you just did your first international package to France, which is very exciting. And um, especially in these times, the work you're doing is very important. So if you want to just speak to that, uh, feel free for sure. Sure. Jamie, uh, the Jamie's Lilac Foundation is a 501c3 charity. It was established, uh, it's named after my wife, Jamie Moltisanti Kakuza, um, who uh, died of um, cancer. And we honor her memory um, through the foundation. And what we do is we send out cancer care packages to people who are diagnosed um, with cancer. And we tailor the care packages um, based on um, the gender. So we have packages for men, for women, and packages for children. And what we do is we have things that will mitigate the, symptom, um, the symptoms of um, chemotherapy and radiation therapy and things like that, and things to help people um, keep their appointments and schedules and things like that. And besides that, we obviously donate money to help find a cure and do research and things like that. But we're very local. We're in our community um, here on Staten Island. Excuse me, Joe. Absolutely not a problem. But yeah, to Mr. Kakuza's point, I mean, this is absolutely a great charity. And what's the website, Mr. Kakuza, that we could um, find it, at? It's jamieslilac.org. And you can go onto our website, you can make a donation. We're on Facebook, we're, on, we're all over the place. And it's, it's a, a local charity. We hit the hospitals here on Staten Island. But as Joe said, we are in about 20 different states. We've sent packages to about 20 different states as far away as Texas and Kansas. And we've sent our first international box out to Paris, France, just recently during the um, pandemic. And he, I, I love being on these things with Joe. And I was on his show when he was on the radio. And it's a good way for us to get our message out because cancer affects everybody, no matter what side of the spectrum you are politically. It's uh, something that we all have to tackle together. And hopefully we can have a world that's free of cancer. And that's what our foundation is trying to do. One care at a time. Well, I, I commend you guys for the work. Normally at this time, we would be actually promoting a race, a 5K, but unfortunately, given the circumstances of the coronavirus, uh, we can't do it at, uh, at this time. So now I guess we'll pivot now into the debate. So first of all, I want to say thanks for coming on and making this interesting for me, because one of the things I wanted to change up from my previous show on AM 970, uh, although you came on as well, and it was very entertaining, I want to have more guests who disagree with me um, and have sort of a more debating environment because as the host for me to have on guests who agree with me, although it's nice at a certain point, it becomes excessive at a certain point, it becomes boring because we're both saying the same thing. And I might as well put up a mirror and speak to myself. <laughs> it becomes redundant. It becomes like watching a uh, Fox news or MSNBC where you, you just agree with yourself. And it's uh, there's nothing that gets moved. The ball doesn't get moved either way. 
For sure. Although I'll try to avoid bashing Fox because perhaps in the next six months, maybe I'll be a contributor for Fox. So we'll only say positive things about Fox. <laughs> but that being said, I mean, there's certainly a critique of, of the television networks, including Fox, that I think is fair, uh, all kidding aside. But that being said, it's definitely something that also sets the tone for the dialogues we should be having in the country, where as opposed to just screaming at each other and labeling each other racists and horrible people to actually sit down and have a discussion and have some sort of a, a consensus or a compromise or even an understanding of what the other person's uh, position is. So again, I definitely thank you for that. So today's episode is gonna be focused on the broader topic of capitalism. I'll be presenting a type of defense of capitalism. And I suppose Mr. Kakuza, self-described as being to the left of Bernie Sanders and a registered Green Party member will be giving a critique of capitalism. So first I wanna just start by giving you the platform, lay out your case, what you like, what you don't like, and, um, and it'll be pretty open-ended, uh, open excuse me. You know, I, when, we, when, when we talk and when people look at um, someone like Senator Sanders or they look at you know, they take capitalism, the free market, and they talk about socialism, and then there's these two, this, this spectrum. And, and there, I think both sides get a very bad rap. And I think that especially when you talk about social programs, people automatically go to uh, socialism and Venezuela and communism and the USSR. And I don't think that's in any way what I'm talking about or any way what this country needs to be moving towards. I think we need to be looking towards um, the rest of the free world, um, European countries, England, France, the Nordic countries, Canada. I think that that is what our ideal should be, a social democracy, you know, as opposed to what people, what, what they like to scare people with is democratic socialism, you know, Venezuela, China, you know, former Soviet Union, things like that. And I think that unfortunately that we're moving back to the days of you know the robber barons and big business and industries of the 1880s where the greed and the capitalism is taking over and the average american is suffering because of this and our government is unfortunately siding with instead of its people is siding with the greed of, of these big industries where it's all about record profits and not about people well, you raise a lot of interesting points. I, I like it. I'm smiling because although I disagree with a decent amount about what you said, there is some agreement. Uh, one thing I think a lot of conservatives share concerns with you on would be the power, the influence of big tech and monopolies in Silicon Valley. So there certainly is questions in terms of what constitutes a public use, a public service uh, versus a private company. That being said though, I wanna point out, you said Sweden, the Nordic countries, the European countries, those countries that you cite, they do have the lowest corporate tax rates in the world. Yeah, uh, yes. They uh, actually have lower taxes than the United States. So in order to finance these programs that many people on the left are advocating for, you would need to raise taxes while well, we already have well, higher taxes in those places. We're, I don't agree that we have to raise taxes necessarily. I think that's another scare tactic that um, conservatives and that big business uses as an excuse to come after um, social programs and to keep those social programs down. If you look at corporate tax rates in Nordic countries in Europe, they are, they are rather low and they embrace the free market. And, and, and I by no means say that we should not embrace the free market. What I am saying is that social programs need to be funded 
and they need to be funded by employers and they need to be funded um, through, through them. If you look at their tax rate, but they also help fund the programs. And I think that's very, very important. And if you look at the industries that are keeping us from those things, look at what's, what, what people, what we're making money on. We're making money on healthcare, right? We're making, these companies are making money on uh, education. These are things that we, they shouldn't be making money on. <clears throat> and that's where people get fooled to the idea that, oh, my taxes are going to go up because I'm going to be, I'm going to be in some, you know, state well, healthcare. I, I do want to jump in there though. Bernie Sanders is, uh, admits, Bernie Sanders admitted that taxes would have to go up to finance his Medicare for all plan. Yeah. Because of, if you look at the way the plan would be rolled out, because he's not, again, even though his plan is a Medicare for all plan, which is a, which is a very decent plan, it's not funded properly. And it doesn't take into consideration that if you look how it's built into other countries, the, it's, it's just built into the system. It's built into the, to the economic system through the employers, through what they pay towards things. And yes, taxes will go up, but it wouldn't be severe. And if you look at it, well, but just, it's just a shift in where money's going, right? Everyone talks about, oh, you know, public employees. I'm a public employer, right? I work for the Department of Education. I'm a teacher, right? And my salary is significantly lower than private, you know, industry. Why is that? Why do they, why do they say that? Oh, because you're going to get a pension, right? You're, because you get health care. So those things, right, where my salary is lower, it get, gets placed into those things. The same thing. Now, your salary will be higher in private industry. I'm a, you know, I work for, you know, Wall Street, like some of my cousins, or, you know, I'm sure some of the people that we all know, right? They might make a higher salary, but then they're paying four or $500 a month towards health care. Well, right? one of the problems that conservatives, and not even conservatives, but just centrists have is, for example, things like the individual mandate. For example, why should someone like myself, who's 20 years old, who's healthy, who's paying off college, which is very expensive. Why should someone be forced to pay for a healthcare uh, plan to subsidize other people, which I think is a nice act of charity uh, when they may otherwise not need the healthcare plan. And secondly, <laughs> you, you certainly would admit though, that in order to raise revenues for these social programs, cause you can't just print the money and we have a budget that's allocated to specific things. You would have to raise the revenues through something. I mean, look at New York right now. AOC is proposing creating a wealth tax on the on the billionaires in New York. And the problem is when you impose these taxes on the wealthier people, it doesn't hurt the middle class. It doesn't hurt the wealthy. It hurts the middle class. So there seems to be this this approach in in the thought process here of, of sort of the wealthy are at the top and sort of this class warfare. And the middle class and the working class is at the bottom and the wealthy, therefore, must have got there by stealing from people or by doing devious acts and they're keeping everyone else down and they should just pay for health care. And you pay look, these things. when you, you put, when you embed these things in the market, though, it becomes harder for people to find employment, just like when you raise the uh, minimum wage, it becomes harder for people to find employment. I, I, I disagree completely that it's not it's it's only because the propaganda that is put out by big business says it's going to be harder for people to, and it's a scare tactic. Well, it's no, the a, data very reflects that scare tactic. But it's the data very... reflects, the data reflects the fact that raising taxes 
lowers prosperity. That's why the Nordic countries that you cited have such low corporate tax rates. But if you look at, for example, the Obama-Biden recovery after the financial crisis of 2008-2009, you look at the regulations that were imposed during that time period, and you look at the comparatively very high corporate tax rate of, I believe it was 37% at the time compared to the 25% it's at now. Um, 37 and a half or something. 37 and a half. The economic recovery was the slowest economic recovery since the Great Depression. Now, this didn't happen as a result of, of anything other than very high taxes I, I, and I, high I regulations. I don't, but what put us into that? What put us into that? That's what we, we will also forget. What put us into that situation? What put us into that recession? We, we, we're not, we're not, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about the, the, the corporate greed. We don't talk about the unethical, banking industry that put us into that well, and there was a lack of there was a lack of any type of oversight of them because we don't want to have any governmental oversight of any business right and what happened was they're wheeling and dealing and what did they do they played with the lives of millions and millions of americans millions of people around the world billions of people right and what happened what did they do it, they, it destroyed the economy right and then we blame the people who were trying to fix it because it was slow because we put some some types of restrictions on it. But right? Obama and, didn't who, who, Obama didn't prosecute any of those people. Obama correct. didn't send he didn't, he didn't at all. And he gave them a stimulus package. Yeah, but that's crony exactly. cap. But that's and but, then not only only in this country, right? Only in this country do we give the people who commit the crimes, we give the people who do the wrongdoing, we give them even more money. But that's not free. But that's not free enterprise and free markets in its essence. That's government interference in the market. Now, there has to be means, certainly, of cracking down on bad actors. And there certainly has to be means of punishing people who either violate antitrust laws or, in the case of uh, the financial crisis of 2008-2009, do clearly illegal and, and devious acts, for sure. But that being said, if you look at the pattern throughout American history, if you just look at the 20th century in the last 100 years, how much standards of living has raised, how much life expectancy has been raised, how many goods and services and items that otherwise would have been unavailable to people are available as a result of the free market system, as, as a result of the efficient allocation of resources. For example, the iPhones, look at the iPhones. People are tweeting from their iPhones about how oppressed they are, about how terrible the system is. is if you look really, at the cars that we drive, if you think about Ford. Is that really, is that really freedom or is that no, freedom is the choice to choose what you want to spend your money on. And when you're forcing people to buy health care that they don't want or need, and when you're for we're, we're forcing people to buy other things, right? And you just mentioned we're forcing people to buy iPhones and we're no, forcing we're not people forcing. to buy cars. Not yeah. at all. We, 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 live in a we live in a consumerist-driven um, no, but people choose to buy those. I Wait, one second. Right? People choose to buy those items because they enjoy, util they find utility in that. They enjoy using those rather items. Than, I enjoy rather my than broken health, iPhone yeah, 7 here. Rather than but, healthcare, because you don't see a need for it. Until, well, no, I don't see a need until for you me need, personally. Until you I have need it. it. I'm under, right, I'm nobody under my wants, dad's PVA plan, but I don't find a need for it, me personally. No one, needs, no one needs healthcare. No one needs insurance. No one needs any of these things until you actually need it. But, here, but that's here, what people don't understand. And they want, they want to, what you want to do is we want to raise everybody up, right? And instead, we're under the thumb of insurance companies, right? I have, I have the ability now, instead of, instead of a government-provided plan that has access to everyone, I am, I'm at the whim of an insurance company to tell me no. 
right? Why tell me they will not provide me with insurance. They will not provide me with coverage. They will not do these things because they have to make record profits every year. And the only way they can do that is by denying people their basic right to healthcare. And it is a basic right. And that's the problem. Well, we talk about life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. There should be, you know, the, the right for health. Well, here's my problem with that from a, first of all, from a philosophical perspective, then also practically. One point I want to raise, there is a problem with the drug administration. There is a problem with the insurance companies in this administration, although we won't get into Trump specifically too much because I don't want to divert into what everything always becomes, which is about Donald Trump in 2020. But this administration is working to solve that. But, you know, so I'm not going to disagree <laughs> with you that the healthcare system is imperfect. We're just trying to solve it, but we'll... we'll... We'll, we'll, we'll skirt around that. that that'll be the next. <laughs> and we're laughing because we're still friends, despite these significant disagreements Correct. in Correct. world. And this is, again, an example that's, that people That's the most important from. thing is that you can talk and we can speak about these things and we can try and discuss these things and come up with a solution and we can disagree and we can fundamentally disagree, but we don't have to, to hate. And the, the, unfortunately, the, 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 the political situation created by the Republicans and the Democrats, both political parties, has degenerated into, you know, the Yankees and the Mets, the Yankees and the Red Sox. And I have to love my side and I have to hate the other side, no matter what horrible things my side does. No matter how morally reprehensible they are, I can't disagree with them. I can't have my own opinion. I have to agree with this side. And, you know, that's like, I have to love Derek Jeter because he's the shortstop for the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, the sports analogy, I'm not the best with baseball, I'm more of a boxing and MMA guy, but, but I, I definitely respect the sentiment and, and agree with a lot of it. Uh, but that being said, back to now this impassioned debate that we were in the middle of prior to the Trump reference. Um, I want to point out that the problem with saying that something like healthcare is a right, first of all, if healthcare is a right because you need it to live, then housing becomes a right then food becomes, yep, you're nodding, see, you agree, then food becomes right. And every time that, aka communism, anytime this, Why anytime, one second, one second, because it's, because it's clearly a Marxist ideology that you have, right? I mean, it's, it's, to some it's extent, it's, it's based in, I mean, you, I doubt you would Social say- Social democracy is in no way communism. Social democracy is in no way democratic socialism. Well, hold on, hold on one second, because Bernie Sanders identifies as democratic socialist. But that being said, though, when you're talking about guaranteed food, guaranteed housing, guaranteed income, guaranteed health care, it guaranteed sounds like guaranteed it, education, guaranteed education. It sounds great. It sounds like a utopia. But the problem is every time these things have been promised, it's led to a lot of Poverty, a lot of death. If you look at the 20th century, you look at 100 million people dead because of this Marxist ideology this of the oppressors this, and the big company versus the oppressed. This is the people. same thing people said when they rolled out um, Medicare, when they rolled out Medicaid, when they rolled out Social Security. Well, Social Security is going bankrupt. Social Security is not going bankrupt because of the program. Social Security is going bankrupt because the government raids Social Security, raids the money that we put into it, and it uses it against the rules, against the founding of, the, of Social Security, against the spirit of what it's about, and wastes the money. If, if Social Security was left untouched, Social Security would be completely 100% funded. But the government doesn't do that. So your point is that we can't trust the government with our money. And my point is that I actually agree with that statement. So we agree there. You're saying that the government is misusing funds that they're taking out of my paycheck and your paycheck. 100%. So my point is, why should we then give the government more power and put more well, we money in their hands? Reform, we need to reform the government. 
We need to take big business out of government. But that's the problem. There's greed, so much greed. But it's government. not big business that's destroying Social Security. It's the big business that's giving people the jobs Absolutely. that are being destroyed. Absolutely. See, that's that, again, that, that's propaganda. That's 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 not one bit. Look at how many people the beautiful private sector employs. Look at the median wage growth that we were finally starting to have prior. Let's look at it. Let's look at let's look at let's look at let's look at business. What are they opposed to? What are they opposed to? They're opposed to health care for all. What are they opposed to? They're opposed to minimum wage. What are they opposed to? They're opposed to higher education for all. Why are they opposed to these things? Because they make money off of these things. And it's not, it's significant amounts of money. And it's better you, but, to pay someone, it's better to pay someone like you a salary and have you give over all of your salary to insure yourself, to provide healthcare, to give your children an education or yourself an education, right? And keep you in this illusion that if I can get that good car, if I can get that great phone, if I can get that good house, I've made it. And damn everyone else because they are they didn't make it right when reality is me and you have way more in common with the person at the bottom of the rung than we do with the person at the very top but the the person person at the the top top is the entrepreneur wait one second here the person at the top is the one that creates it's not because the pie is expanding so just because the pie isn't cut evenly doesn't mean the pie is not growing the the pie isn't growing as a result of government the pie is growing as a result of the private sector, as a result of all these great things. That well, it, this all, is all, been- I'm saying, all I'm saying is that industry, right, can expand. Industry can make money. Industry can create jobs. Industry can do all of that thing, right? But what industry fails to do or what industry makes sure that they do is they make sure that they lobby the government, right? They pay exorbitant amounts of money. But to so does the teachers union. Right. Well, wait. And, and, and again, so does the again, teachers union. I, correct. Again, but let's, let's so look. Should the let's teachers look. union be allowed to lobby, but the absolutely not. They okay. should absolutely not be allowed to lobby. No one should be allowed to lobby. Fair enough. Because all that does is creates haves and have nots. And whoever has the most and the deepest pockets, and it's not the teachers union, and it's not the firefighters union who has the deepest pockets, or the agricultural workers or the hotel workers. And I'm not saying that. I just want us to stay consistent. If if the businesses can't lobby, then the teachers shouldn't be able to lobby. No one should be able to lobby. Which you agree with. So you have a consistent, I may not agree with the standard, but you have a consistent standard. But what they do is they, they pump so much money into corrupt governmental officials who take this money and they all do from all political parties. Right. And what, what do they do? They pass laws that design to keep us from getting health, from getting education, from getting all these different things. And all this is a business. You're someone who knows better than anyone else the business of education. You've been suffering from the business of education for the last two years, from transferring schools, right? SATs, ACTs, all of these things, which are just all meaningless ways for companies to make money off of you. Well, there certainly should be some sort of an admission standards, I would say. I mean, things like GPA and SAT and LSAT and, G- and GRE scores should all be relevant when applying for uh, positions I, in higher education. I don't but, think that any way whatsoever that an ACT or a GRE, in any way, those for-profit tests should be used to determine someone's getting into a school. So you're for taking away standardized. See, I'm not, by the way, I'm not defending the standardized testing process is perfect, but I think you need a consistent merit-based test that tests people. If that test was administered by 
the government. If oh, so if just because it's private sector doing it, it's bad. But if the government were to do it, it would just magically be better. Because this has never worked. Has no interest, this has, has never worked throughout history. If, if the government, why they do it in England, they do it in England, they do it in France. No, but this, they do it I'm, all I'm talking about the broader idea that if you take a program and give it to the government to fix, they're just going to fix it. Has never worked. You, you know, just like it's with the government housing, it would be communes. It's like, working all over the world. It's working all over the world, and there's billionaires in England, and there's billionaires in Sweden. And because there's, there's a very low corporate tax rate. Let me ask you, should we raise the corporate tax rate on these businesses since they're so oppressive to the have working to class? The corp- so again, we look at just the corporate tax rate, and that's the big talking point for conservatives. Look how low the well, corporate Well, it's not a talking point. It's statistically very relevant. But it's, it's, it's a skewed statistic. If you look at it, look at the low corporate tax rate in Sweden or in, in, in Iceland or in, in England and France, right? But you don't look at the other taxes that those companies pay towards for their employees. We don't look at that. We don't look at that because that's not in their corporate tax rate. But if right? you look at our GDP and our productivity as a country, we're leading, someone has to lead the world. We're leading the world in innovations, even innovations in healthcare. And perhaps that's why some things are more uh, expensive. We've become the financial center of the world in the United States as a result of the, I want to harp back to something though, before we get down we're this. Only the financial, we're only the financial center of the world is because we, we have played loose and fast with financial restrictions going back now for administrations. Well, it's, we're, we're almost like, a, we're, to me, we've become almost like, you know, uh, the Cayman Islands or Switzerland where, where, where our regulate, where that's, why, that's why we have all this banking and stuff here because there's no regulations. And again, what happened in 2008, 2000, right? We look at that and we see that's a perfect example of what's happened because big business has control here in the United States. We're, it's practically, we're becoming practically almost oligarchical in our nature. We have these- we have these Absolutely. Old- well, I, I would say, again, there's concerns with certain big companies, but a company like, let's talk about Amazon, for example, briefly, and then I'll get back to the iPhone example, but let's talk about Amazon. Throughout this whole process of the coronavirus, we've all been stuck in our houses. We've all been stuck for the most part in quarantine for months on end. You know how many people, myself included, my family included, I'm sure you've done it too, that have used Amazon Prime to deliver everything and you get it in two days. And the world, this, this free market system has created such abundance for us that we we're in a pandemic and we're sitting here like nothing's happening in our in our houses. We still have access to the same resources, but technology, no reason, luxuries. No, as a middle no class person, as there's a middle no class reason, person, there's no reason why, and it's not going to hurt Amazon in any way. It's simply fear. There's no. No, but you said that the companies are the, these evil, oppressive structures. I'm not saying all companies. I'm I'm saying listen. There there's there is an element of greed in this country that is taking hold. That every quarter. There has to be record profits. Every quarter, there has to be, if it's not that rosy picture, there's a problem. Well, when there were record profits, you had the lowest unemployment for African-Americans, the lowest unemployment for Hispanics. So those profits are independent. We also have the lowest, right? We have the lowest wages for for those people as well. So we- we, we, Wages were rising for the African-American communities prior to the coronavirus. Wages were rising, but, but- I, I, it's not at the same level. It's not at the same level that that profits are rising. Instead, we have to, companies have decided that, the, you know, and that's, listen, you of, want to Wait, of course, of course it's not, of course profits rise for a company at a higher level. I'm than not wages. saying that they shouldn't, but what okay. I'm saying is, is that it should be the government's job, right? And it should be that to force these companies through regulation 
that they have to care for their workers, right? So the company's supposed to, the government's supposed no to regulate wage, emotions? If there was no minimum wage requirement in the United States, if there was no law, there would be no company that would pay the minimum wage. Well, first right. of all, a lot of, a lot of, most economists actually, something like 90% of economists view, and I'll send you after we get off the air and I'll post for the listeners, they view the, the, service. The they view the minimum wage very negatively. These aren't Republican yeah. conservatives. Most go, economists look, are liberals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you look at, if you look at Sweden, if you look at um, a lot of the Nordic countries, they don't have minimum wage laws. But, but again, the problem here in the United States is if you look, look at Europe, which is mainly where we're, we're, we're comparing ourselves to Europe and Canada. Look at what they went through 70 years ago and 80 years ago, World War II, right? They went through this horrible thing. I mean, in the United States, aside, they did, their countries were not, our country was not destroyed, right? Right. Well, well you're talking the post-war period, correct? I'm, 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 talking, I'm talking about the, the World War II in itself. Right. Their countries were not occupied. Our country was not occupied, right? The, our, our loss of life, though it was great, of, of our soldiers and their sacrifice was immense, was not on the scale of, of European countries, the death rate of civilians and of, 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 their, of their armed forces, right? So they had this great calamity, you know, England and the Blitz, France being occupied, you know, Holland and, and, and Denmark. So what happened was when the, when the post-European world, post-World War II world comes out, what did they decide had to happen for their people? Right? What did they say had to happen? We need to provide our people with healthcare. We need to provide our people with education. Right? We need to provide them with all these basic things that are fundamental rights. They've made a shift. They said, these are the things. And all of this stuff, go back and look. In the early 1950s, 1951, 1950, with the national healthcare system in England, all of the arguments were made for against it are exactly the arguments that you're putting forth now. It's See, here's, my, here's the, the point economy. I want to raise in this. It's here's going, the point it's I want to raise in this. Businesses are going to flee, and none of that happened. None of that happened. Oh well, if if you're talking about taxes being raised on businesses, we saw it during the Obama administration. We saw how negative the recovery was, how slow it was. Look at the great. You want to talk about a hundred years ago? Look at the Great Depression. Look at the Great Depression. Look look at the just look at the Great Depression prior to World War Two historians look at it like it's a great mystery what happened oh well why was the economy in this great depression for so long well the truth of the matter is fdr lifted up federal spending ridiculously and kept the taxes at 70 80 percent at ridiculously absurdly high levels and then they wonder why there was no economic growth but here's what i wanted to say wait wait you're also you're over you're you're glossing over the other points of what caused the great depression right you're over you're looking you're, you're forgetting the corporate greed right on unchecked by government corporate greed what happens what do they do they cause these problems. Well, you certainly right? have government a government for a reason, problems. and you certainly have we, we economic crime that. investigations for a right? reason. Yeah, you and then what we do places. is, and what we do is, we blame the people who try to fix it, right? We blame the people who try to fix it, as as almost as they have caused. But but right? you're, you're also conflating. And the stock market. I mean, I, I the stock market went up just as much under Obama as it has 
under President Trump, correct? Actually, the, the stock market has hit many record highs under Trump that it didn't under Obama. That's yeah. actually true. Listen, we can listen, look at the chart. But yeah. the stock market is separate from the actual economy. You're seeing it now with the coronavirus. The stock market may have been okay under Obama, but the actual jobs numbers, the recovery was very slow until the end of the administration. It took us 10 years to get out of a recession instead of the year or two it that took, it all- It took eight and a half to 10 years to get out of a recession that was caused by unchecked but you're conflating two issues because given universal health care, by the way, do you support universal health care for legal immigrants like the Democratic Party says they do? Legal immigrants? I illegal immigrants. Should illegal I immigrants- I support universal health care for all people in the world. Wow. <laughs> well, that sounds like a world order. That just sounds- So in other words, if someone breaks into this country and comes here illegally- It was a radical I idea. I should pay for their health care. It was a radical idea. It was a radical wait, idea. Wait, wait, but I'm asking you, if someone breaks into this country illegally and crosses the border illegally, I should pay for their health care in the United States? If you look at every other civilized country in the world, they don't have this problem of illegal immigration. Yeah, they, and they, why are they coming here? They're not coming here because we're such a horrible, oppressive society. Don't They're coming it. here and because they see, love again, the that's, USA. That's fear. It's fear. You're, you're, you're playing it's to- not, No, no. I'm asking you a direct question. Should I be- for, Because here's the problem. When you say that you have a right to something, that becomes my responsibility. When you say you have an economic- When you because say- you, The government's responsibility- But who, who finances the government? The government doesn't pay for itself. What I'm saying is when you no, get no, but do you under, Wait, one second here. This is very important. Who finances the government? We do. We do. So individuals do. So when you say that you have a right to something- well, Not just individuals. Or, but no, but individuals collectively donate, but it still comes out of the individual's work. I'm not a collective. I'm not you know, the Joe Silverstein commune. I'm Joe Silverstein, the individual. So what I'm saying is, in other words, when you say that it's the illegal immigrants right to have health care in the United States, you're telling me it's my responsibility and I'm forced to pay for that health care. One second now, one second. And the point is you're at the same time trying to couple that with freedom and to say, well, socialism or whatever you want to label it, it's a lot worse than socialism, but whatever you want to label it, you say socialism will say, comes along with freedom and it becomes leads to a free society to have this this socialism and this 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 beautiful vision of the world is freedom but it's the opposite of freedom because you're taking the choice away from me you're telling me what i have to purchase and that goes back to the iphone debate when i said to you i have the luxury we all have the luxury of having iphones and that's when you said oh well that's because we're forced one second one, this is important you said that's because we're forced to have iphones no one forced me to buy this iphone there's no law mandating that i have this iphone but under the Obamacare mandate, for example, there was a law penalizing me for not having health care, which is yes. absurd. So what law exists that mandates me to have an iPhone? I'm not, I didn't, I, again, I did not say that you, you miss, you're misinterpreting what I'm saying. What I'm no, saying no, but is you, that, you said I was forced I to have the iPhone. No, no, I'm saying we're, in our society, we become a consumerist society where status and our status is, that's what we see, see our wealth as. Well, so maybe people want I to live have, that way. Is there something wrong with the house? Is there something wrong with the house? If I have a cell phone, let you speak. Let me speak now. All right, fair if enough. I cell, if I have a cell phone, right? If I have the car, if I have the fancy house, then I have achieved something. So obviously all Americans want that American dream. So the idea then becomes I have to have that cell phone. But that's an individual choice. No one's saying that, that they have to. Maybe so, they feel that way that they want it. They want it and they buy it. What you're saying is then 
that according to you, if everything is choice, right, and you're all about choice, then we shouldn't, we shouldn't be providing people with social security, right? We shouldn't be providing people with police, sanitation. Well, I actually support the police. I, I believe very strongly in the police. So do I. But what I'm saying- But that's for protecting human life, for protecting property. And, and healthcare is not about protecting human life. No, it's not health, about protecting your, your life. It doesn't work. What you're proposing has been tried. It doesn't work. Mandatory except, except, except in the rest of the world. No, not except. There's not guaranteed housing in the rest of the world. I didn't say guaranteed housing. But you said it before guaranteed housing. When I said, no, oh, I said, I said everyone should have the right, right? Everyone should have the right to health care, education, right? And some type of shelter. So um, housing. Just come out and say, come on, just come out and say According it. to you, we should have guarantees of no the government should provide us with nothing. Correct. No I, no, I never said that. See, you said about housing. I never said the government should provide us with nothing. What I'm saying is uh, social security, I wouldn't take away, but it's very flawed. If you it's support an example the, of a floor. Look at the public you, schools. If you, if you support the police department, right? And if you support sanitation and the sewer and any public utility, you pull, you support social programs no the, those things those things were radical a hundred years ago they were radical sanitation radical. was never radical in the That's united states sanitation if you go back again if you go back if you go back far enough if you go back far enough okay it, even policing you go back far enough you can go into brooklyn right since we live in new york city i'll use brooklyn as an example there were private fire departments and my my grandparents actually lived next to one of the private firehouses that companies paid private fire departments in the 1860s and the 1870s and the 1880s because there was no fire there was no fire protection but there's so a there, fundamental well, difference why is there a fundamental what is the tell you why if your fire, house if your house catches fire you should put it out yourself no why, no no why no you're not listening your house your fire out that you caused with no, your irresponsibility no, no. i'm laughing because this is a mischaracterization now come on listen it's irresponsible that you no, i'm making the fire it's irresponsible that your house got broken into oh boy uh, let me make the comparison here there's a distinction <laughs> this is the distinction. What's the distinction? I'll tell you the distinction. If your house cat, this is what I was trying to say 10 seconds ago. If your house catches fire, I, as your neighbor, have a vested interest in seeing your house's fire put out because it could spread to my house. If there's no police, which is what many people, maybe some of your friends would want, if there's no police, then there's chaos. There's no protection of property. There's no protection of any of the things people work and so hard And if there's no health care, you have a vested interest. But that being said, when what you say you have the, the right health to health care as an individual, that leads to inefficiencies in the market. And look at Absolutely. the Venezuelan health care. Wait, 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 wait. So now, keeping me healthy, keeping you healthy, keeping the workers healthy. If it could be done in a perfect world. Running, keeps the economy going. I believe in charity. I believe in charity. I believe in charity. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. If someone is healthy, they can work more. They can produce more. They can consume more, right? In the and long if someone, and so, but, I agree with that. But, but what we've decided, what we've decided is that we're going to take the opposite, that we want to make money. We'd rather make money on people being sick, on people being ill, 
We'd rather make money and we'd rather say, oh, how are you going to, why would, why should I support you when you had a, a, made a terrible decision to, I don't know, overeat or you decided to smoke or you decided to do this or that. Why should my, I care about you being healthy? If you're healthy, you're producing more for our society. And it's proven. And again, if you look at the European countries, a healthier society, the economy does better, right? Here's what I want to say. And Here's it, what it, I want to say. Let me, let me speak now. Here's what I want to say. This is very important. Number one, I'm not offering a full throttled defense of our current healthcare system. I think there needs to be reforms. I think it's a very nuanced topic that we can't really touch on in full in just a small seg part of this whole conversation. But that be, it's important to say this because I'm not offering a full throttle defense of the current system as it stands. Now, many of the problems we have are because there's artificial boundaries along state lines and things of that nature. You understand this. But one of the things, <laughs> you just look so frustrated, Mr. Kokuza. You know I love you. I just want to remind you, you know I love you. But this is, a, this is a lot of fun. But that being said, though, what you're proposing, uh, which is guaranteed government housing, guaranteed government health care, guaranteed government education, it's been tried and it's been promised by leaders in the 20th century. And it led to, and I'll send you the Wall Street Journal article and the many other academic sources, it led to 100 million deaths in the 20th century. So what you're sounding, what you're proposing sounds good, but in practice, it has never worked. So except, except in except in Norway and but France. it's different in Norway. No, no, but we just went through how it's different in Norway. We just talked about the lower corporate tax rates. All these things that or you're you suggesting lower corporate require taxes. to raise all the taxes. And Bernie says that, and then there'll be no jobs. There'll be crushed economies. Well, what you don't understand, and what what people don't understand is that and you're and you're fooled by this. And this is what people are fooled by. They say. I pay too much taxes. Great. Everyone pays too much taxes. I agree with you. Even though my tax, my taxes have gone up consistently in the last four years, more than they've gone up in my entire lifetime. Well, that's because your state is so high and you can't take the deduction because of the mismanagement of New York state. It has been punished because we're a democratic state um, by our president, but that's a different story for a different time. So what, what we misunderstand is that we think that because I can choose to pay that $400 a month to get my health care for myself or that $500 a month, if you just move that $500 a month over to, if the co company gave that $500 a month over to the government for to provide health care, or, or we did, they were, taxes rates but you just said social security is going bankrupt because the government is mismanaging it. Now you're saying, let's give them more power. And if we give them more power, it may magically you're, you're work. Using two different things. I'm right? not, I'm, it's, it's consistent. Government, reforming mismanagement in government is one thing, right? Getting rid of lobbyists. But what you seem to be saying is that we could do socialism and we could do Marxism, but it was never done the right way in the 20th century. I'm not an advocate for Marxism in any way. But what you're saying is, is based on Marxist ideology, class warfare, the rich are holding the working class down. It all stems from the Communist Manifesto written by Karl Marx and Engels. And let me just say this too. If you look at England, if you look at France, if you look at Denmark, if you look at Norway, if you look at those countries, they have elite, they have rich, they have all of the things. And those countries are flourishing. Those but they had a lower corporate tax rate than we did for the entire Obama administration. So what you're saying well, requires the raising of taxes because the money has to come from somewhere. What are we going to do? Just print it and then be like Germany after World War II with inflation. And one thing I want to say that I didn't get to say before that's important, 
That's very important. I support, I think people should donate to charity. I think people should have the liberty to donate to charity. And if you want people to be healthy, you should donate to Jamie Lilac, to Make-A-Wish Foundation, to uh, St. Jude's, to whatever the case may be. But that being said, when the government comes in and you're going to mandate that people have to support their neighbor's health and their neighbor's health care, then I don't agree with that. I don't think I should be mandated as a 20-year-old person to purchase health insurance. But why should you be mandated to provide for the police? Why should you be mandated to pipe? Because this is a, this is something that I benefit from directly. Because this is something that I benefit from directly. Not just directly, directly. I need the police because otherwise you'll have the hooligans running around the city shooting them up like you do right now. You directly benefit from healthcare. You directly benefit. I directly from benefit healthy- from my own healthcare. You may feel that I indirectly benefit from your healthcare, which may or may not be true. But I may not value that benefit enough to provide you healthcare. And I, as an individual, should be able to make that choice. And if I'm wrong, then I guess I won't be benefiting. Able to make the cho- under your logic, shouldn't I, as an individual, decide if, if I? No, because of course that's the social that's the social contract theory. Of course, you have to cede some liberties and you have to cede some resources to government to ensure the protection of the citizens. But that doesn't that doesn't require redistributing wealth. Why is healthcare negotiable? And police and it's not negotiable. I shouldn't have to pay for your health care. That's not a negotiation. You don't have the authority to compel me to pay for your health care. That's a negotiation right there. You're saying you should not have to pay for your health care or anyone else's health care. And you're looking at it the wrong way. You're looking at it. You're paying for me when you're actually paying for yourself. No, if I pay for myself under this current system, then I pay for myself. You, under your plan, would you take the private health care away from 150 million Americans? Individual, what you don't realize as a young individual, what you don't realize is that you think you have healthcare. You, real, you think that you have this benefit when you pay for it, right? And I thought the same thing at your age. I, I, I have my healthcare card. I have my GHI. I have my benefit. All right, let's change then it. When you need it and the insurance company tells you no, you have no recourse. They tell you that you're the care that you need. Of course you have a resource. You go and buy a different insurance from a different company. And if there weren't artificial boundaries along state lines, and if there was a true free market system with less regulation and less restrictions, you'd be able to do it. The Affordable Care Act allowed that. But that that wasn't necessarily the case. The Affordable Care Act did not remove the artificial boundaries across state lines. Not the artificial boundaries. It allowed me to shop for my health care. Before that, you cannot in good conscience, switch healthcare in any way. Okay, good. Well, then that's a good part of the law. I'm not de- I'm not debating that the entire law is bad. I mean, I'm not going to sit here, but there's a lot of things, particularly the individual mandate that I find unacceptable. I mean, that are just absolutely crazy. I hope the listeners could hear us. We're talking over each other too much for the listeners to hear us. To think that to mandate people to have healthcare is insane, I, I don't, I, I, I can't see a logical argument that anyone can make why we should not have, anyone should not have healthcare. As someone who's needed healthcare, as someone who's been denied by an insurance company, right? As someone who's had that experience multiple times and who's benefited from the changes in the law, people don't realize what, what they have or what they don't have until they need it. One second, I wanna point this out. 
I want to make a point and then I want to raise a question for you. The first point that I want to raise is previously to this, in this earlier in the beginning of the discussion, you had stated that as a result of you working for the public education system as a teacher, your employer provides you with health care and that this is the perfect solution or at least a very good solution. I didn't say that. You I said it was a very good thing. That's what you advocated for. You advocated for employers being compelled to provide their employees with health care benefits. What I mean. Which currently that's the system, right? If you're working, you have health care. It's usually through well, the employer. What I, said, what I said was, again, public employees, right? People who work for the government, city government, state government, federal government. The reason why their salaries are much lower than private industry is because the city, state, and the federal government, whichever they happen to work for, provides them with health care, provides them with a pension. And that's always been the, the, the lore, right, for that job right? And when everyone's making money, hand over fist in big business, people don't want to have our jobs because they're low paying. But well, when- you get paid a decent amount as a teacher. You get more paid more than teachers do in other places. Oh, and, 100%. Uh, and perhaps perhaps part of the reason, one second here, part of the thing with entrepreneurship, the reason entrepreneurs are people that get paid absorbent amount of money is because they take ridiculous levels of risk. They live in their garages for years on end. So you have a moderate and a decent level of income. You can't say it's not a decent level of income. My sister's a teacher. I know what it is. It's a decent level. You're not gonna, one second. The, the listeners have to hear us because it's gonna it's gonna come out bad the audio. What I'm saying is, is that my salary is lower because the government is providing me right? The state, the, the city government is providing me with healthcare, providing with, with a pension. They would not give me, they've taken off what they consider off my salary, what they consider, right? What I would be getting in a salary. And is that what you're advocating for, for everyone? What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is the person who's making significantly more money in the private sector, they really aren't significantly making more money, right? They, it's the illusion of making more money. It's the illusion of choice, right? I am making more money. But what I have to do then is I have to put money into, I, and again, it's a choice and it's not, you're not forced to do it. But if you're in any way, a rational person, you are forced to get health care, to take care of yourself and your family. You're forced to buy, I'll use my wife as an example. My wife worked in private industry. Her salary was much higher, but this is before we were married. But what did she have to do every month? $400 of that paycheck came out for insur health insurance. Another $400 out of that paycheck, you know, and these are rounded figures, came out for 501k savings that she wants. Where I don't have to do that because I know that there's going to be a pension provided for me. I have health care taken out of my salary already. So what all I'm trying to say is that if you look at it, it's exactly the same. Well, people and should no have that. Person, no person, I know at 20 years old, you think that I don't have to do this. Well, it's but not even as a 20 year old, because anything could happen. Let, let me get this out, because the listeners, the audio can't be where we're constantly speaking over, because we've never done it where we're speaking over on the show. So I don't know what that's going to sound like. And I hope, I hope for the listeners, it's not just mumbo jumbo that we're doing here. But me and Kakuza are trying very hard for you and, and we'll continue to do so. Uh, but that being said, a couple of points. First of all, I fundamentally believe that individuals have the right to make that choice. So you may be right, you may be wrong, but individuals have the right to say, I would like to go pursue a career with JP Morgan or with Goldman Sachs, and I'll pay for my own healthcare and not get it through the employer. 
and I'd rather take the higher salary. And they might find that beneficial to do so. You, under your plans that you support, wouldn't give them that choice because you want the government for all healthcare. You want it to be the government does all of the healthcare. You don't want private insurance, correct? Just yes or no on that because it's, it's part of the... You don't want private insurance. You think Private insurance is the reason why we are having this discussion. So you want to take away private insurance from 150 million people? Private insurance, private healthcare insurance is designed to not provide anyone with healthcare. They're providing plenty of people with healthcare. And if you look at the first only, the right to try act, if you only, look at things that- this Only if you're healthy, only if you're healthy. It provides health insurance for healthy people. If you are sick, if you have a pre-existing condition, private insurance will turn around and only recently have they been stopped from doing this and it's being reversed, chipped away slowly but surely, they turn around and they deny you when you need care because it's gonna cost them money and they're going to end up losing well, money. They look at it as a proposition. If hold you, on, wait, this is important, this is important. If I were to purchase, now I have no plans on doing so, but if I were to purchase a life insurance policy at 20 years old, the, the cost of me purchasing that will be significantly lower, not even close, of that of an 80-year-old purchasing life insurance. Right. Now, why is that? Because it's a lot less likely that I'll need to utilize, I mean, hopefully, you know, knock on some wood, that and I'll need to utilize the service. And as you age, the premiums will go up. And as you age, things will, riders will be attached to it. And as, or the insurance will end, right? All the insurance will end. That's term insurance. It'll end right? You're going to buy whole life insurance. Again, insurance is designed. So you want to take away private insurance? I'm not saying I'm taking away private insurance. Well, but take, come on. I've said yes or no questions to uncomfortable things in the conversation. Would you take away the private insurance of 150 million people for government for all healthcare? Yes or no? For healthcare for all? If everyone is given a health care from the government? Absolutely. So you want to take away choice? That's what you're taking away. You're taking away choice to choose between a public option or a private option. You're taking away that choice. You're I'll, saying Americans aren't smart enough for themselves to do it. I'll use myself as an example. And Mr. Kakuza knows better that it's better to do it through the employer and through I'll the public myself system. As an example. I, I have health insurance, right? GHI, which is now Emblem Health Insurance. I've had this health insurance since I started teaching at 21 years old. I'm now 44 years old, right? When my wife got sick of can with, with, with cancer, right? I got my insurance that, I, that we've been paying our premiums on, right? That the, the city's been paying for. I got this insurance. I've never used it. I was healthy my whole life. My wife's been healthy and maybe went to the doctor once or twice, never needed it. I went to go and use it. And you know what they told us? Absolutely not. You're too sick. We're not going to pay for that treatment. That's experimental. We're not going to pay for this. We're not going to pay for that. Yeah, and there's certainly flaws. I agree with you on that. We only got lucky because at the time when my wife got sick is when Obamacare or the, the, the health reforms came through. And then the insurance company was forced to give my wife the treatment that she needed to keep her alive. And then I'm going to give you another example. Since they've been chipping away at the mandate and they've been chipping away at what insurance companies have to do, I've recently been diagnosed with a heart condition. And I, you know, go to the doctor and I make sure that I'm healthy and all stuff. And I had, again, you don't think about insurance until you need it. And again, I have health insurance. 
and I, I was having chest pains. And I called my doctor. And my doctor I'm not the right person to speak to if you're having chest pains. I hate no, to no, tell no. you. I, I called my doctor, and my heart doctor said, you need to go to the emergency room. You need to go to the emergency room right now. We need to make sure you're not having a heart attack. You need to be seen. You have to go right now. I went to the emergency room. I did what I was told by my heart doctor, by a, by a, right, by a, a medical professional. My insurance company then told me that they were not going to pay for this overnight stay in the hospital. It was 20 something thousand dollars, $26,000 and the tests because I did not have a heart attack. They would only cover me if I had a heart attack. That my preventative stay, which I didn't have a heart attack, was not good enough. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you is that the insurance company is designed to make us pay them and provide us with nothing. And that's the problem. If we dismantle that system, and we took out the incentive for profit, if there was not a need for profit in the system, then healthcare would not be an issue, just the same as higher education. Higher education has been, you know, there's been profiteering from it. That's what it is. Colleges, SATs, all of these things, test prep, all of these things are designed for us to pay and get nothing out of return. All the student loans that you have, you should not have. All the student loans that I had that I had to pay off till I was 42 years old, I should not have had. Well, I, I actually disagree with, with on the student loans. First of all, on the healthcare, and I guess the last point on the healthcare, because we, we've been at it extensively, but I'm not saying the system is perfect. I'm not saying there shouldn't be and can't be reforms. I hope to see a Republican bill. Now, you're not too optimistic for it. I may not be too optimistic either. That no. will deliver reforms. But that being said, they it's just not perfect. It. They're going to repeal it, and then there's, not, there's no plan to there it, should be a plan. That's it, a failure of leadership on the part of the Republicans. There should 100%. be a plan. They, they trashed Obamacare for seven years and there was no plan. And I'm not putting that on the president. I'm putting that on everyone. I'm putting that on Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, all the people that had been there for years 100%. who said there should be a plan and there was not. So I'm if, with you on that. Get rid of it, if you're going to come up with a plan that's going to solve health care, like the Republicans claim, then you should have a plan that you should put forward. You don't remove. I agree, hundred percent. You don't remove something and then say, "Oh, we'll figure it out afterwards." You know, I agree. I think that's a fair statement. And millions of people are going to die. The Republicans should have had a plan. Uh, reforms are good. I don't think that overthrowing the whole system is the answer. It's, it's been tried it's and it hasn't worked. But I, I don't want to keep on healthcare. You've clearly articulated your position and I've articulated mine. We'll leave that to the listeners. Uh, I guess we'll wrap up briefly on the, on the topic of higher education and the prices there. I do think that higher education has become very expensive. Now, part of it has to be with regard to funding for horrible programs that don't bring in any money or breed any success, like fe uh, feminine gender sexuality studies at Cornell University and places like Binghamton and other ridiculous uh, areas and subjects that yield no results that yield no benefit for society that receive funding and don't draw on anything. That's a big problem. Professors, one second, professors who are tenured, who are taking out pretty high amounts of money shouldn't be maybe paid so much because education is a, is a service as education. You're supposed to go into that field, especially in the public universities. If you're going in for the reasons of wanting to educate kids for the benefit of the students, right? I mean, 
a, a professor even at Binghamton University, a public SUNY, a tenured professor at Binghamton, I'm sure makes at least twice as much as you make as a public education. Wait, you're poor entrepreneurs making as much as possible, but 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 professors making as much as possible. They're just they're just they're just corrupt and, and no, not at public universities, not at public universities, because there's plenty of people doing great things in the public sector that they do it for the service, but they don't do it for um, you know the accolades or for the money. The problem with the president of the United States gets paid $400,000. But this is, let me just finish on this point and then I'll, I'll let you respond. Cornell University, it's an Ivy League school. I'm proud to go to it. Am I thrilled with certain things they do politically? No, but I'm proud to go to it. At least it's not Binghamton. At least there's not riots yet. And you saw the riots, Kakuzis. You know what I'm talking about. You understand. But that being said, I'm making the conscious choice as someone who's 20 years old, who was a top student in high school, who was school president, whatever. I like to brag a little bit to go attend this Ivy league university that I got accepted to. I was previous to this in SUNY Binghamton, which was much cheaper, but it was ranked much lower, even though it's the top public school, in New York state, much cheaper, but it was ranked lower. I made the decision to do the more expensive thing buy the more expensive product and go to Cornell university because I believe whatever I believe that it'll provide me with more opportunities for careers, more opportunities for publications, for things I want to do going forward in life. I made that choice as a consumer. Now, maybe it's, I believe it's a, it is a great choice. I made a great choice and I'll be very successful. Knock on wood, God willing, and everything will be great. If I'm wrong, and instead of studying economics and government, I decided to study uh, feminist gender and sexuality studies, and then I graduate and I'm, uh, aggrieved with society. One second, I'm aggrieved with society with the fact that I can't find employment. And I say, oh, how horrible and how rigged the system is. And this is unjust. And I was ripped off. Is it the rest of the country's fault? Because again, the government, the people, the taxpayers, one second, I see you want to say, but let me just finish this. Story. The taxpayers fund the government. So if you're saying the government should fund all colleges and there shouldn't be any student loans or anything like that, now, I believe you should be able to declare bankruptcy on student loans, by the way, because why can't you declare bankruptcy on student loans, but you could declare bankruptcy on any other kind of loan? So that's okay. something we'd probably agree on. But, but that being said, though, I just- This allows that because, you know, big business can declare bankruptcy, right? People no, but individuals could declare bankruptcy yeah. as well. But again- it's, Pretty it's, much everything but student loans. But it's, it's, it's business related, right? It's all bankrupt, most bankruptcies business related. Personal so we should just eliminate all big business because they're so oppressive I'm and corrupt. Saying, I'm saying big, listen, big business is going to do what it does, right? Any, hold off on higher education for one second. Anybody, myself, you, anyone, if given the opportunity to uncheck, make money without any checks to our power, we're going to continue to do anything and everything to make that dime. Sure, Every but excessive taxes and excessive environmental regulations that slow economic growth and favor certain industries, one second, and favor certain industries over others. That's not an example. We have laws in place, and I'm not advocating we get rid of them, to make sure that there's no insider trading, to make sure that there's things that shouldn't be happening that don't happen. So I'm not sure where we disagree on this, other than if you're to openly come out and say you hate business. Those laws are under attack. Those laws are under attack. Those regulations, and again, certain regulations are under attack more than other regulations, environmental regulations, where you can't dump, you know, lead into water or hazardous materials. Those things are under even more of, 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 a, of a attack than, than 
financial regulations. But well, even- I did, uh, see the term oh. attack. Certain regulations favor industries over others. A lot of Obama era um, regulations t- towards energy were absurd. I mean, Art Laffer speaks about it at length in his book Trumponomics, which I'll send you a copy. First, I have to send you the copy of the Rand Paul book that's still stuck in Ithaca. But but let's just let's just end on the higher education point because otherwise we could get into higher education. Higher education. So, so okay. Let me finish what the point on it. Let me finish. Wait, real quick, real quick. You've monetized. Me- you've monetized education. Even in your speech, you've monetized education. What you said is that if I choose a major where I can make money in afterwards, whether it be economics. Yeah, but why do I, wait one second here. Let me jump in. Let me. Someone like me who studied history. Fine, you became a teacher. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's a, wait, let me jump in. Let me jump in for one second. One second. Wait, wait, I had to cut your mic. (laughs) 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 Oh boy, this is, at least, you know, there's friendship, there's love, there's, there's, you know, so that's a good thing. But, um, oh God, that was too funny. (laughs) Listen, here's the point I'm making. Why are these things things you could make money on? Because people decide what's valuable to society and what they want to spend their resources on. Let's pretend we live in a commune and we don't live in a capitalist system. And let's pretend our unit of value is pens because we all like to write. And I say, Mr. Kakuza, I really like that history lesson you taught. I'm going to give you a pen because this is our metric of deciding what's valuable in society. I'm still choosing, even if it's not money, to give you something as a result of me liking the serving. <laughs> yeah, I see the, the drink. I hope it's good. What is it, hot chocolate? I bet you wish it was alcohol. <laughs> I, I was hoping it would be something stronger than water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But listen, here's the point I'm making. Yeah, no, it's true because the market allocates resources where people consume what they like and what they want to consume and what's most productive to society. So in a FGGS, an offender, uh, offender, a feminine gender studies, whatever major, you're not offering a lot to society. You're not offering a lot of things that people want to purchase. So if you can't find a job, you shouldn't then be aggrieved at the society. And it's not one last point, I promise, last sentence. And it's not a result of the evil capitalistic patriarchal system. No, it's a result of they're putting forward a sucky product, a low-grade product, a low-grade service that no one wants. So instead of getting hired anywhere or selling something anywhere, they go and they play ukulele in the park. Am I supposed to pay for the health care when they're playing ukulele in the park? I don't think so. That's not true in any way. You're, you, About the gender studies? You can't classify someone, uh, their worth on what major they should pick. No, or you can classify their worth on what they're able to do and what they're able to offer. Majors, right? We can all be, we should all be economics majors and there should be, there should be no, or, or business majors and there should be no other majors. I'm not saying that. History is great. You want to become a teacher. Yeah. There's, uh, there's a there's market for everything. But if you have a, real, a little weird niche that no one wants to be involved in, then why should you get paid an absorbent amount of money and be jealous when you don't get a job? The wrong way. You're looking at it completely the wrong way. Well, it's been successful so far. No, the way it's not, looking it hasn't at it. been successful. All it's done is it is designed to keep people in their place. That's all it's designed to do. These it's majors bad. wouldn't exist if it no, weren't for government funding. Well, I don't care. You pick whatever major you want. It, you're, you see, you're, 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 you're falling for the trap where you're falling for the Oh yes, yeah, the gender studies person. It's let's look at higher education as an institution. Higher education should be available for all of our students. It indoctrination be, for all. It's not indoctrination. If you want to be a gender studies major, 
You should be, you could be a genocide. If you want to be an economics major, you can. If you want to go to, to be a, a, an MD or a nurse, you can do that as well. What I'm saying is it's education should be a right. And if you look at other countries around the world, they do not monetize education. And what happens is you have people entering the workforce at 21, 22 years old. They're not saddled by enormous debt. And they're saddled with enormous debt. And then what has to happen? Then you're forced to take that job. To, to, your, 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 your mobility is now stunted. Your mobility is now stunted. And that's what it's designed to do. Well, I think this is a result of too many people going to college. I think a lot more people should maybe be in trade school and be in the workforce right away. I think that- and that's, and that's another problem here in the United States. That's another problem here in the United States that we don't have in other places around the world. There's not- an emphasis put on trade, on craftsmanship. Those things have been replaced. That yeah, we agree. Everyone has to be a doctor. Everyone has to be a, a business, you know, macroeconomics major. Everyone has to be get their, their business administration degree because they're all going going to go and be on Wall Street, or you know, or they're going to be you know a neurosurgeon at NYU. That's not the case, and we need people to obviously be plumbers and electricians and things like that. And trade school is just as important. But again, if you look at that, those are monetized and incentivized too. You go, you apply to a trade school or a cooking school or any of those type of places, culinary places, and the, 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 the tuition is exorbitant. But it's your solution seems to be nothing should be monetized. First of all, one point, I agree with nothing. you 100% nothing. with regard it to trade schools should being not be monetized. We should not make money off of children. Children should not be used to make money off of. I what do should you mean make money off of children? Should a, should, a, should a 16 year old child be able to get a part-time job at no, an ice cream place? That's not, that's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we should not in this country make money off of trying to educate children. And that's what we do in this country. So what should we do? Should we abolish the great institutions like Cornell, like Harvard that have brought us so much Absolutely. brilliance over there's the last no hundred years? There's no reason to years. Cornell, a Harvard, a Wagner, CSI, you know, Binghamton, doesn't matter what the university is, they do not have to charge those exorbitant fees. It's ridiculous. Well, it's I certainly think fees, I certainly think fees should be reduced, but I don't think that putting all those fees on the taxpayers is going to solve the problem. I don't disagree. See, the, here's the thing. Education, we don't disagree on a lot of the problems. Education is a right. It shouldn't be a choice. K through 12 education is a right. Higher education is not a right. Higher education should be a right as well. On one hand, you're saying, wait, hang on, we got it ready. On one hand, you're saying we're peddling too many people into the universities and there should be more trade schools. No, 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 I no. agree with that. One we're second. Peddling people, we're not peddling them into the universities. Well, we sure we're are. Them, we're peddling them into student debt. The graduation- The rate, universities, the, the being peddled the into the universities. The business of universities, the business of test taking, Right, uh, uh, but it's not just the business. The public universities are absorbently expensive as well. Binghamton's not that cheap. It's all been monetized. Again, if you look at the rates of graduation, graduation rates of universities, the, the increase is, is minimal, minimal. Right? If you go, if you look at the percentage of people with college degrees, it has not risen in this country dramatically. Where you would think that if you look at 1912 and you look at 2012, it should be a dramatic increase. It's not. Right? We, can we agree on that? It's absolutely not a dramatic increase. You know, a percentage point, two, three. It's not. It's not dramatic, right? The majority of the people do not go to. They, but what they do do is they'll enter the university system, right? They'll incur massive amounts of debt, and then they drop out. 
and now they're saddled with the debt and without a degree. That's what's happening, right? Because people can't afford it. And that's, that's the shame because now they've been told they have to, right? What has everyone been told? You just can't, you just graduated, Joe, right? You're yeah. fresh out of high school. I teach oh, high school. I, right? I was going to say, don't make me older. I didn't just graduate no, no, no. college. You're, you're fresh, you're, you, you know, considerably, you're two, two, two and a half years, right? Two and a half yeah, years. Yeah, two years. Mm-hmm. Two years out of, out of high school. Think about, you know, it's not far, far back to think about it. And I'm a high school teacher. What do, does everyone tell you from kindergarten onto, onto, to, to, to a senior in high school, you have to go where? To college. You have to go to college. Yeah, that's you a problem. I don't think we should be telling people. You have to go to college. You have to take an SAT. You have to take an ACT that costs tons of money, right? Right? You have to, you have to, you have to, you have to apply to these universities. And you shouldn't just apply to public universities. You should apply to private universities. And to apply, you have to pay these exorbitant amounts of fees, right? And then when you get but there- But that's the least of it, though. But to apply, the fees are the least of it. You know, the $75 for the application, it, for most middle class and even working class families, it's an inconvenience for sure. But that's the least of it. The actual it tuition is the problem. It limits your choice, right? See, I will say this. Most people with means- aren't going to be, most people within limits are going to apply four, five, six. That's a lot of money when you look at it, applying to university. Yeah, sure is. I applied to a lot. Right? But that's, you, you, you're a little bit, your family's a little bit more well off. Where, where kids who don't have that, they're maybe applying to one, two. Oh, I wouldn't say two well off. Middle people, class. Well, middle class. I mean, I, yes, I'm not saying you're, you're, you're rich in any sense of the word. But what I'm, what I'm saying is. Not yet. Not, not yet. Not yet. But, I hope you. I hope you're still friends with me when I'm rich, Kakuza. I hope we're still friends. When, when you when you're rich and famous, and you're going to be giving healthcare to all your employees, I'm going to be um, right there by your side. You know, with most people, it's the opposite. Most people, they become your friend when you become rich. With you, you'll you'll distance yourself. Well, listen. I, I guess we'll end it there on a nice, fun, light note. Um, I think we agree on. Many of the problems, we totally disagree on the solutions to the problems. I don't think that giving the government the power to fix these problems will solve them, actually. I think it'll lead to further disaster and further waste, fraud, and abuse that the taxpayers have to fight us. But we'll leave it there. I'm sure you disagree with that. I disagree with you because... because, <laughs> because Another five minutes, ladies and gentlemen. If we don't have... right, We have to have... We both agree that there has to be change within our government. We have to agree that we both, we both said it, that there has to be fundamental change in our government to stop all of this. Well, uh, what do you mean by fundamental change? I'm not sure that there has to be, define fundamental change. Like we talked about stopping of, stopping of lobbyists, that, that, that needs to stop, right? We both- I'm not, well, I'm not sure that, I mean, that's a very complex issue. I'm not sure that I'm for stopping all lobbying because human rights groups lobby, teachers lobby. I'm talking about, I understand, and I'm talking about, I, people can lobby all they want, but they should not be any monetary monetary incentives and monetary, you know, you, you know how it is. You know what I'm talking about? The, the monetary factor in lobbying is what's the, what's the fundamental problem in our democracy is, is what I see. Those are fundamental props. And then there's corruption. And we both agree that there's corruption. And we both agree that there's, there's a fundamental problem with the political parties having any way of making inroads because they just refuse to to negotiate they refuse to make find common ground and that's one thing you could disagree and we fundamentally disagree but throughout this entire time we found some common ground and from when you find that common ground you can work towards solutions 
And that's the problem now is that no one wants to find a solution. Everyone wants to blame one side or the other. And they just, and they put forth nothing. And we even said that, right? Look at the Republicans. Obamacare is terrible, but what do I give you? Nothing, right? Republicans are party of no ideas. Democrats are party of bad ideas. So we have, we have no, no, nothing, right? The Democrats complain about what Trump's doing to roll back different, different things. And they, they give no concrete solutions. No one gives concrete solutions. It's just pointing fingers. And that's the problem. And I think we can agree on that. Yeah, we could definitely agree that finding common ground is good. I wouldn't say that the Republican Party is the party of no ideas, but I certainly have my own grievances towards the party. And um, again, I just don't think that ceding more power to government is the answer. But Mr. Kakuza, thank you so much for joining us. It was a fun episode and we'll certainly have you on again. Thanks very much, everyone, for listening. Next time time we'll take turns talking back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. God bless everyone. Take care. Thank you very much, Joe. Thanks for listening to the Joe Silverstein podcast. Visit www.joesilverstein.com and follow Joe on Twitter at Silverstein USA. Visit www.thecornellreview.org to keep up with breaking news, our latest articles, and more. Like the Cornell Review on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. God bless America.